one and we are recording with dr joseph latipo and your book transcend uh, transcend fear is fantastic and uh there's actually i kind of wanted to i kind of want to talk about some stuff in it that i don't know if it's uh if it's entirely covid related i thought your um I thought your experiences with that that trauma based healing with the Navy SEAL, that kind of struck a chord with me more than anything else. Like I was I was getting you know gear. I've interviewed Doctor McCullough and Doctor Malone so many times, and I was gearing up for like another COVID book, and then it started with I mean really a a, a beautiful story about you know opening the doors of trauma and those things that arise from within, and how it can completely cause regression. And uh, as someone that lost a, a sibling to suicide in 2014, I do completely identify with that. It you revert to a childlike state, and um, it was a I wasn't expecting that in a book about COVID, but here we are. But with that, Doctor Ladipo, please introduce yourself, sir. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me on, and hello to your to your listeners. Um, yeah, so I'm. I'm the I'm a professor at University of Florida, and I'm also the State Surgeon General here in Florida. And uh, and um, thanks for your thanks for your words about about the book. And I'm, I'm, ter- I'm real sad to hear about your your brother. Uh, so uh, thanks for sharing that too. Yes, sir. Um, it's a uh, it's something that kind of helps me perpetually move through it. Is talking about it and being open i've had a lot of people tell me it's it's kind of disarming how opening i how open i am about it but uh i find i have to be if i bottle it up and don't look at it then it just swells it grows and it and it, and it kind of comes out in unex, unsuspected and unexpected ways and the best way to go towards it is just what's that what's that quote i think it was buddha you know how do, how do you avoid like the how do you avoid the heat of the fire and it's go sit in the center of it because once you get to the hottest point, everything else is colder. And uh, that's kind of how I think about it is like just walked. And it's very easy to say, in a you know, sitting in a leather chair, nine years removed from the event. It's very easy to say that, you know, t- tell that to me in 2014. I'd probably punch you in the face. But uh, that is kind of the way to go about it. But for everybody listening, I, uh, I will put the book in the description. Uh, you can get it on Kindle. But to refer to what we're talking about the healing uh, methods you did with that former Navy SEAL. How did that affect your view on COVID, on lockdowns? Because that's kind of, that's not your your materialistic, scientific, traditional medical view, yet it had profound effects on you. Yeah. <laughs> and profound is an understatement, truly, man. Yeah, well, so I, I describe an experience I had, I basically, there was a babysitter who, you know, molested me when I was a little kid. And I didn't know when it happened, because I was, you know, what, maybe four years old or something, I didn't, I wasn't able to, to process it. And instead, and I only know this in retrospect, but instead, what happened was that because it was just too much for my consciousness to 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 take in and to process i basically disassociated and um and i and before i worked with the navy seal 
and Christopher Maher, I actually didn't think anything really important happened. I, I knew, you know, obviously what the, what she did was wrong, but I thought I was fine. Thought I was unaffected. You know, I was going through life. Everything's fine. And yeah, you know, I noticed that I wasn't. Yeah, you know, I, I I actually wasn't even aware that I wasn't emotionally connecting with other people, but I, because I, I thought it was normal. So it wasn't that it was something that, that was, spe- you know, that was, that really captured my attention. And so, you know, so I'm going along, I'm doing well, right? I go to Wake Forest for college and Harvard so Med School. Athlete, get to med school, get into Harvard, yeah. you know, on paper, yeah. great. Yeah, looks like you know, real shining example yeah. of, of good everything. Pick yourself but, up by your bootstraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reality is that um, is that the, the very the very opposite was happening at the level that matters the most, which is the the level inside. And uh, but I didn't know, and I was fortunate enough to fall in love with my angel of a wife, and when I fell in love with her. One of the things, and I guess one of the ways you can know that you're actually in love is that, you know, love is, love is the most, uh, is the most powerful force in the world. There's nothing, you know, that is the most powerful thing in the world. And when I fell in love with her, it made the things that all your, all the stuff that we carry around that we don't even know is a problem. Yeah. Right. You fall in love. And it's like the curtains are pulled. It's not, you don't have any choice yeah. about it, right? Yeah. It's like that light just shines on everything, shows everything. And so that happened to me, um, not 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 consensually, right? Because <laughs> love is more powerful than we, you know, yeah. I mean, love is us, but it, it is, it's not something we can control. And when that happened, it was like, a, it really felt like an emotional volcano and my life went into a tailspin because all this stuff that you know that was essentially connected to that experience that I had when I was four or five that somehow our minds which are our minds are amazing magicians at at protecting us and my mind had taken stuff and stored it in places and I, I didn't even know right but that's yeah. what your mind does to help you survive all of that just blew up everything fell off the shelves and all of a sudden I had this you know obviously this very powerful love for my wife and then all this other stuff like my you know my my inauthenticity with emotional connection my fear, which was a big component of my life, all my judgment, I was very judgmental. I was a very judgmental human being, but really it was to protect myself. And all this stuff just exploded out, just came right out in the open in this, this intimate space of love with my wife. And you might even wonder, well, how the heck did you fall in love with your wife? Well, I fell in love with her accidentally. Found her at the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We met in an airport. And we ended up, of course, she's my soulmate, so yeah. it was intended. Yeah. But we met on, we met at an airport. We're both coming back from the Virgin Islands, and we ended up talking the whole way. She was going to California. I was going to Boston. We had a connection flight in New- in Newark, and we talked for hours. So I was like, 
yeah, let me, you know, let me ask her for a phone number. We just yeah. talked, you know, we had a great conversation. It seems like a shame to just, and so then we played phone tag for a bit. She was in Cali. I was in Boston as a, uh, I was a med student at that time I was in graduate school. And, you know, and then we start, we picked up where we left off and we were talking and I, we would talk for six, seven, eight hours, nine hours. Yeah. I'd see the sun come up. Yeah know it i was <laughs> i was falling in love yeah so um so when you know she came to visit and we decided that we didn't want to be apart um you know so so please you know so what's the point of being apart we love it you know we, we just want to be yeah. with each other. Yeah. she moved to boston we moved her to boston but like i had you know i had this trunk full of stuff that was that my fear my my you know, my, my intimidation about sex and, and sexual sure. energy, my, um, my, I mean, literally my fear, like fear of everything. It was just a major component yeah. of my life. Um, checking everything internally before I opened my mouth and before I took an action, like all this stuff came out and, you know, and, and my wife, fortunately, she has a lot of intuition and so she was like, Joe, you know, she, she, she you, should, you got to see a therapist, you know, and, you know, I went and saw one. He was a lifesaver, like a total lifesaver, because I was like, one of the things you mentioned regression, I had one of the things was that that I was dealing with um, at that time um, after falling in love was that when things came up about sex, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I remember it very well when things came up about sex. I would start to feel like, like my consciousness changed. Yeah. So I would, I would start to feel like a, like a four or three or four year old. I lose yeah. access to my executive function, like my ability to make decisions, like take the bus or take the train, you know, what toppings on the pizza, yeah. um, you know, just simple stuff, just stuff that we take, you know, that your adult self knows how to do. I would lose an ability to do to do things like that, to, to make that. And it sounds nuts, but literally it would be like transplanting. It really, actually I should describe it more accurately. It was like something from the, from the back came to the, came to, came to the front in terms of like my, my, um, my um, interface with the world. Yeah. And really that thing had always been in me. And um, I, it was, and that was, as you can imagine, extremely crippling. Um, in addition, um, you know, one of the things, one of the experiences I had was that when I was in that state, it would be like, even my vision changed. So it would be like, I was looking through, if you could imagine someone taking saran wrap okay. and, and, and putting it in front of your eyes. And that's how you see the world. It would be like that. Like it would be grainier, hazier. And I would be in that state hours um hours is probably the longest it lasted um and the only way i got out of that state and it's just weird i mean you know it's just god's hand telling me what to do i would basically get in i would literally verbalize my love for my wife and like and like push everything out of my mind yeah. and just think about her love and i would be warped back into the present and I, you know, I'd be back as my, as my adult self. And then if something came up about sex related sexual energy, 
knock me right back. Mm. And so I, I was in a, I was, I mean, I was, my life was just totally upside down and, and there was a lot of pain. I mean, there was a lot of suffering. Like when I would feel being those states, I would feel like if you could imagine a fruit that what it contained was misery and sadness biting into that fruit that experience like that's how it felt like that was the you know beyond like not being able to not having executive function and you know and the blurry vision i would be it was such a miserable state like it was just like just tapped right into a channel of sadness and misery and so I started seeing a guy and a therapist, and he definitely helped me. Like he helped me get some space from that. He helped strengthen my tools to be able to get out of it. And um, and it was a lifesaver. And it was, and it, it was just, it was, it was, it was ironic too, because it, at the same time that I was having experiences where I was in touch with pure sadness and misery I also had when I was in my adult self like just the purest warmest just the most the most um nurturing love experience with my with my wife the hot tub feeling and, you get into a yeah, hot tub oh, and man. right up to the neck and you're like oh uh, this yeah. is yeah yeah, on a cold day too. Yeah, right? it's you. You start to understand a dog, an old dog, when you start to get behind his ears. My dog was seventeen, and I remember scratching behind. Him, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you get it. You start to get it, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so he, you know, the guy I was seeing, he was an angel. Yeah, just the right guy for me too, because I was very distrustful. Mm -hmm. And um, and he helped me get some space and. You know, and, and so I was able to function more and, you know, sort of more good times, but I, I, you know, the stuff was coming up and other stuff would come up and mm -hmm. then we had kids and and that brought up new stuff uh, in terms of, in terms of my own issues that, that, that came out. And so my poor wife, you know, this is probably, let's see, it was 20, I think it was 20, uh, 2020, uh, 2019 December 2019 that I saw Christopher meet her so my poor wife she'd been doing this and dealing with me and and my ups and downs for like you know 15 years and her I mean she was at, unfortunately at the end of her rope yeah um, and it made me really sad because I loved her and I wanted to, I wanted her to be happy and well but I also could I was trying very hard. I mean, we did different programs and stuff to try to, I was trying really hard, but I just, I just couldn't get good enough to free enough of my stuff to be able to, you know, create the sustained like happiness and peace without me going, doing this number. And, um, and then one day she came home and she says, Hey Joe, you know, I, I found someone for you to see. I think this is a guy that can help you. And, um, and I was very reluctant, even though I wanted, I mean, it was expensive and like, I, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but she was at the end of her rope. So ultimately I didn't have a choice. You know? <laughs> so 
I, so I went to see him. So first I read his book and, and, um, cause he, he asked people to read his book first and I read his book and it's a wild book. It, I mean, it, it will appear to be wild for most of us. It's called free for life. And, um, I was like, you know, when I, fin- I finished the book, I was like, okay, like, I don't understand all the stuff that he's written, but I, I, my sense is that this guy knows what he's talking about. And so, so between that and my wife, just my poor wife being at the end of a rope, I went to see him and he was in Los Angeles. He's in Los Angeles, he lives in a condo off of, um, in Marina, an apartment in Marina Del Rey. And, uh, yeah, I still remember my first day and basically I proceeded, it was a five day thing and I've seen Christopher since and done more stuff, but basically in five days, um, you know, I proceeded to have like the most important experience in my life and the most, um, the most freeing experience in my life and the most invaluable experience in my life, um, you know, just, just like for all the money in the world, um, I would never go back. And if it cost me all the money I ever had to be able to do it, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Uh, just, it was just an amazing experience. And I can tell you more about the details of the techniques, but it was, uh, it was, it was, um, I mean, it really was a miracle, even though there's a, science to it sure. um but it really and there's there's more than that to it there's a god to it too sure um, and that's with a capital g yeah um, yeah it really was the most ex- amazing experience in my uh it was, it was a miracle it's the only thing i can <clears throat> i guess relate to is the idea of it being all you know all good on paper i was in like perfect shape gotten to medical school at the university of miami like published research i was like captain america i'm gonna do this when my brother died, I remember like a day later, I like told my parents, I was like, everything's okay. And I now know that they looked at each other and they're like, Oh God, like his head's in the sand. I don't want to, I don't want to address it. And yeah. I didn't have as much of the, the child regression. I had some of that. I always just remember the feeling of anxiety that you know, when you're on a plane and you're, you get up from a nap and you go walk to the restroom and it's never quite as steady as like walking on a sidewalk, you know, there's just like a little, you know, you're aware that you're over nothing. I would start to get that feeling about the earth itself. And it was Mm -hmm. just, I can, it still puts chills up my spine and Mm -hmm. it sounds weird, but I would, I would almost start to see like everyone as, as just biology like eyeballs and brains and like skeleton, not, not mm. visually see it, mm. but, and like, I couldn't like, ex- executive, mm. you know, things you don't think about. Yeah. I'll have, I'll have cheese and a pepperoni on it. I couldn't even think about normal talking things mm. that you, right now you and I aren't thinking about English. Right. 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 It's, no, I get it, brother. It was, it. it was that. And yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it completely destroyed me for, for several years and it was only after years of therapy and you know love from my parents that i was able to claw back up and ironically you went and saw him in december 2019 i started this podcast in december 2019 I actually started mm-hmm. it the day that december 12th the day covid came in the united states so i don't know what that means but um mm-hmm. i've had my own you, by the way my first day with christopher was on december 12th no way 
full disclosure, this podcast is sponsored exclusively by Christopher, and this entire thing is scripted. <laughs> that's nuts, man. And I, I can I can prove it. I, I think that's it. right. I got to double check. I think that's right, though. I, I got fake news. So. Don't don't so. spread misinformation. <laughs> spreading. I'm already banned from YouTube for spreading misinformation. Don't make me. But um, I wouldn't. I didn't have a a, a Christopher experience. Uh, you know, therapy was great. I I highly recommend seeing a professional, but. One or two experience with, with psychedelics helped, but mm-hmm. honestly, I would say the biggest one. And it sounds, and this sounds like, this sounds cocky. It's gonna take a minute to explain. But like, whenever I put my mind to something, I've just done it. I was in seventh grade. I decided I want to start lifting weights. And to me, I just like looked at five years from now as if it was right. You know, I could just ride out, and I was like, if I just do this every day for twenty minutes, you know, I'll get buff. And I was like, fair enough. Got to college. Was a was a frat boy weightlifter meathead. And I remember one day I was sitting in the frat house and I just went, "I'm gonna be a doctor." And my friends are like, "What are you talking? Like, you're an idiot." And I was like, "No, I'm gonna be a doctor." And that's just all I did for three years: study, graduated magna cum laude, scored in the 95th percentile in the MCAT, and just went and did it. When I started this podcast, I just decided I was gonna do it. And it was gonna be great, just very confidently, perhaps cocky but confident, and. I started to have this idea that what would happen if I got everything I wanted, like then what? And uh, I was talking to Charlie Duke. He's the youngest man to ever walk on the moon. He's one of four men alive that has walked on the moon. Hmm. And I was asking, I don't know why I was talking to him about this. Like I should have been asking about, you know, walking on the moon and meeting Kennedy. But instead I was like, Hey, what happens if I get all the money I want? And like a gentle soul, he told me about how once he came back from the moon, there was nothing else to do. He got mm-hmm. to the literal highest point of his career. I mean, more men have been the president, about four times more have been the president. And he said he started drinking and he started just pursuing money. I think he worked for like Coors Light and was making more money than he knew what to do with. He's drinking all the time. And he's like, I was still miserable. Mm-hmm. finally told me that <clears throat> he just had an experience i think from his wife and uh and as someone that grew up like in georgia I'm, i i understand the proselytizing you know the brimstone and hellfire and that drives people away and uh but he said it very much like a scientist i remember he, and i don't remember if it was off camera or on camera but i remember he told me he goes well the only thing better than walking in the moon is walking with God. And in my mind, I was like, that's a, you know, that's a great Hallmark card, but okay. And he told me very much like a scientist and, you know, as a biology major, got into med school and as a guy that walked on the moon, it's like, all right, you know, see that, you know, eye to eye on science. And he goes, just treat it like a science variable. Because I told him every day I meditate. And he was like, next time you meditate, just ask God to come into your heart. And he's like, and if it doesn't work, then all right, it doesn't work. But it's very much so like, hey, you got a cold, take a NyQuil. And if it doesn't alleviate your symptoms, then maybe NyQuil's not for you. Maybe you got to try Benadryl. And he there was such like a, I'm so used to resisting it. Having grown up in like a conservative Catholic household, had nuns and priests and, you know, cut your hair, you demon. And, and I was just like, all right, I'll try it. I'm a science-minded guy. I, as sure as I cannot lie to you and say, 
hey, man, I'm going to let go of this water bottle. It's going to fall to the ground. And I hate being it because I lived in, like, southern Georgia, and I understand the whole, you know, you will find the Lord. And, like, <laughs> I cannot look someone in the eye and tell them it didn't work. My life has been irreversibly better. I've been a better person. I, I abuse. I don't abuse alcohol. I, I, I'm more loving. I do more charitable acts. My, I've reduced my ego. I'm more vulnerable. And I just, I am more at peace. Now, mm -hmm. I still have anxiety, as I'm sure you do, just as a human being in this life. But man, the earth is no longer that wobbly trip to the bathroom on the plane. Mm -hmm. And no longer regress into the, I still have days, but there's just a core, there's an anchor there. And I think that's probably the only thing I could relate to you with that is, I I get that. There's, Ooh. you can't tell anyone, you got to experience, it's telling a blind person about color. You're like, I, dude, I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. yeah yeah no thanks for thanks for sharing that you know sure. I, people it's, it's just really fascinating like i i describe what happened to me but how everyone you know the experience of of different types of stressors or traumas you know this experience of that is just like how it affects your mental physical emotional spiritual being is is just different for everyone um we um and you just you know when you're describing your your how it felt like when you'd be you know, describing comparing it to walking on a plane and no, I, I totally i totally can imagine like and it's and it's it's um no it's just i mean i think it's part of the beauty in us being reflections of god and all being all being like unique divine beings um i certainly don't understand it but i've i've you know so one of the things that made me think of was so during the days i, I didn't talk much about i talked a little about in the book but during the days working with christopher during those five days and and it was uh it was two hours in the morning two hours in the afternoon um, or basically two hours twice a day with time in between to integrate the stuff that uh, you did. There was uh, there was a, the the techniques that he uses. Uh, so it, it's a lot of it is based on Chinese Chinese meridian theory, mm -hmm. and what's cool is that even though we're all different, we all sort of the biology or metaphysics or whatever the word is of how stress affects us is essentially the same and that it, in that it comes out in terms of getting it out of your body the methods are the same the order can change and like how it how it like what comes out and what doesn't you know. so so he used he uses so it's a lot of the stuff based on chinese meridian theory and i don't have a great i don't have a super great understanding but basically this main idea is that is that whatever's in your life is in your body whatever's in your body is in your life and the idea is that like the stress the fear the anxiety the self-doubt the you know the jealousy the anger um all that stuff it's all stored in your body 
So he one um, one of the things he does is you do these physical manipulations and and as you do them they pretty much most all of them are initially very painful but the good part about the pain so the pain is, indicates where there's an a, a obstruction of chi and 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 it hurts because that's that's what happens when you have obstruction of chi and you like get at it with one of these techniques where there's no movement there's pain and where there's pain there's no movement i think that's what you said yeah where there's uh where there's uh where's there, where there's no flow there's pain where there's pain oh, where there's no where there's pain there's no flow and where there's no flow pain is sure to come something yeah, like that that's close enough yeah <laughs> and um and so you do this so there di these different different physical manipulations like different physical stuff um and all of it like painful at first some like incredibly painful like some of the most pain i've been in my life which sounds scary and he warns you that that's how it is in the book yeah but um but what's great is that it's temporary and when you get to the other side of it that means you've got flow coming the pain's down and now you've released something that your body was holding in its fossils or in you know in different parts or in organs uh, that that correspond with um, with like with meridians and stuff. So when when you're feeling when that pain goes, like your body's let go of it, and that was a major part of it. And there are other things that he did, but. Um, but it it's like for everyone, I mean, he does different order for different people. He's worked with, with thousands of people, but for everyone, like essentially the techniques are the same, just like some people might do something first. Some people might do something else first and how people respond differs. So one of the most powerful days for me was, I think it was like day three and he was doing something called, uh, called Maoxing, which, um, which involves the bladder meridian and this meridian, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to give a complete description because I don't really, I don't study this stuff or know this stuff, but this meridian runs like through your, through your calves and through your thighs and, and I guess through your bladder. And, mm -hmm. and he works on that one first because from uh, what he writes in his book, it has the most uh, access to your like emotional, uh, mental and spiritual being and so you lay down and he in some specific way will face down and he he walks on the back of your legs and it's usually it starts very painful very painful at first and eventually like the pain lightens and lightens and you know we had done it a couple times and I think it was on the third day when we did it like I mean I had some pretty wild experiences uh, um and it went from again from like from being very painful to actually feeling good, like it felt good, yeah. which is great because that means that you're you now have chi flowing through that meridian in a way that it wasn't before. You opened a blockage, and that's great because it means you also have more access to your being. But that in that particular day, um, when he was done, I had uh, I had this I had I had really freaking a really like cool experience. So I started shivering. I was frozen. Like I felt so cold, but the cold was from here to here. Like it was just my oh, chest wow. was freezing. And my teeth were, were, were clattering. 
And Christopher had me lay down and put blankets on me. I mean, I was wheezing, like it was wheezing, but it was just here. And um, he lays me down, he had me lay on the couch, put some blankets on me. I was like, Christopher, what's happening? What is this? What are you doing to me? He said, he said your heart had fright. So there's fear, which has uh, and it stuff, emotions have temperature. And so, you know, fear is cold. Fright is freezing. Okay. And when I had that experience when I was four or five, the woman, apparently what happened is like, I put fright in, it put fright in me. Sure. And so he, he, he told me that that what I was feeling was the fright burning off was the fright oh. burning off out of my heart. And it, it just sounds like effing unbelievable. Like how the hell, that? but I was there and, yeah. and I, I had the experience yeah. and, um, and that, that was just one of them. And I've had like, I've had, just a lot of wild experiences that, you know, that I can't explain with, you know, that is inexplicable to me, but the good news for me, I don't, I mean, I think that they're cool experiences. I don't really need to understand them. I just appreciate having the freedom, like the additional freedom that yeah. comes with it, right? Free of fright, free of fear, free of self-doubt. And it's not, and then you also learn tools is the other thing that he teaches you tools to be able to keep building and developing. Um, which is mostly a lot of exercises, a lot of this physical stuff to just keep the chi flowing. Um, and so you have more access to your being, like your true being, like your being that is aligned with 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 God when yeah. divinity. And um, yeah. It's, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I know I've kept you two minutes past when I said I would, um, but you know, like not needing to understand it. And that's like, Again, that's the materialistic, scientific, as Ram Dass would say, like the Western rational mind wants to say, like, I need to see a spectrometer of it. Like, where is the Tommy when when Charlie Duke told you to ask God, you know, can we get a you know, can we evaporate the gases and see what the wavelength is? No, mm -hmm. man, maybe you could. I don't know. It might be as alien and distant to us as like germ theory was to George Washington. I don't know, right? In the Civil War, they're packing wounds with dirt. And you look at him like, the hell are you doing? Might be, I don't know, it might be that. It might not also be explainable. It might be on a different plane. And uh, you know, the, I guess the one thing I think about is like trying to understand placebo effect. And sure, I I'm I bet it's fascinating and people can go in and learn it. But when you see people try to needle it apart, they're like, we just got to understand yeah. it because we don't know why. And I always think, sure, that's, you know, kind of always pushing the, the edge of human knowledge. Yeah, sure. Go find it. You know, go find out what dark energy is. I don't know. But like, I also think about, you know, tell the tell the woman going through birth, the guy with a shattered femur. And when you gave him a sugar pill and he thought it was morphine and now he's not in pain. Mm -hmm. Tell him we don't understand placebo. Look at you and. <laughs> I'll punch you right in the face. I'll tell security to take you out of the hospital. And that's kind of how I look at it. Do I understand it? Not at all. Would I like to? Sure. Yeah. Whatever, man. I don't, man, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how plastic water bottles are made. I don't know how an iMac works. How do I know? I don't know, you know, I don't know how this camera operates, but we're doing this thing now and we're talking. I don't care. And, uh, Probably not the most scientific opinion, but uh, it's my opinion. What do I care? What, what, mm. I ask God to come in my heart. My life's better. Yeah. What do I care? I don't care how alcohol binds to my brain. 
you have a beer on Christmas with your brothers and you're just laughing. I don't care how IPA works. It's good. I'm buzzed. <laughs> what, what, do I care? what do I care? Right. You know? Um, but yeah, man, that was awesome. I've kept you five minutes longer. I could talk to you forever, but I don't want to, I don't want to hold you. I'd love yeah, to have you back on here. I'd love to have you on here again, man. And, and talk, talk more about that. And uh, yeah, I guess it is a, a book about COVID and lockdown. So if you want to hear all that, go get the book and read that. I, I'm just yeah, not. Well, it, well, and you know, the connection for me right before the, pandemic was that i would never have been able to do the things that i did right because i've been too riddled with fear absolutely you know just you know too caring about what other people think about me or say about me or or uh too um too blinded by politics or my own personal investment in something to see distinguish truth from like desire um and we saw we saw a lot of that in uh during the pandemic but um yeah yeah hopefully we can it'll be great to, to do this again and talk that would be awesome i'd love to you know and i I do think about you know kind of like you meeting your wife and it, it's just you know when you do fall in love it's just divine event you're like oh that was gonna happen you know the sun rising it's a swiss it's a swiss watch moving you're like the gears were gonna just shut up accept it right it's uh i do kind of look at doing this podcast because i got banned from youtube for interviewing dr malone and dr malone, and i didn't give it i didn't care it told me it was like, if you do another episode you're gonna get banned and i was like whatever i think i had dr mccall on like an hour later middle finger out but like i don't think that i could have done a a podcast and just not cared what 95 percent of people said is you're spreading harmfulness I don't think I could have done that had I never gone through my own experiences with crippling mm. anxiety with law. Cause you get mm. to the other side and then someone's like, I don't like your YouTube channel. And you're like, dude, I, you're Thanks like, I've walked, <laughs> you're like, I've walked through the fire. I don't, you know, I don't care. It's like telling an 80 year old, you don't like what music he's listening. He isn't scared. He's going to throw his colostomy bag at you. This dude storm D day. Right. You don't, you don't care. That's yeah. I do look at that as like, Oh, now it makes sense. Like, and same with you doing that treatment right before like the biggest global fear psychosis phenomena psyop whatever you want to call it yeah i don't think it's a i don't think it's a coincidence that right before the race god pulled the splinter out of your foot like it was yeah. that that timing wasn't an accident so yeah that's badass but um dr latipo i will let you go i will uh e- email you after this and uh I'd love to have you back on. Well, maybe one day we'll get to quarantines, but I want to keep talking about these experiences. These sound sick. And um, yeah. yeah, man, shout out, shout out to that guy. What's his name? Christopher? Christopher Mayer. Yeah. M-A-H-E-R. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, shout out to that guy. Yeah. Talk we'll do it again. Him. We'll do it again. Absolutely, I'm man. Gonna... Absolutely. We'll Beautiful. The... Yeah, all right. All right. Thank you hey, so much God for doing you. this. You as well. Yeah. God bless you. And as a, as the, as the comedian Duncan Trussell always says, you know, a sign of enlightenment is is not being afraid to express love. So as someone I've met 45 minutes ago, Dr. Latipo, from the bottom of my heart, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. I love you too, man. Thank you. God bless everybody. I love all of you. Till next time, Dr. Latipo.